Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw, nice. caught by Get Green. It, it is a yeah. touchdown! Adriel Jeremiah Green. You don't live in Cleveland. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that is now all about the draft. My name is Paul Hirons and with me in the sewing room to discuss who we're going to be taking at 11 is the Obi-Wan to my Kenobi, the Dark Lord to my Sith, the Neon to my Numb and the Millennium to my Falcon, it's Nathan Palmer, everybody. Good evening, Paul. I mean, I'm, I'm sat here, episode 44, on the verge of a diabetic coma <laughs> with these these goods that you stuck in front of me, courtesy of Matthew Moon. Yes. Um, I Basically, I went up to Sheffield this weekend to record. Uh, you'll hear it in a little while. We've got... Uh, the, well, basically, this is the first of our three draft spectaculars. Spectacular. As I like to call them. In reality, just episodes, really. Um, oh, come on, don't play us down like that. <laughs> don't you dare. Uh, but the first one is tonight. We've had a week off, and I went up to Sheffield on Saturday uh, to record three Bengals UK uh, linchpins, shall we? Legends. S- legends uh, <laughs> of the Bengals UK scene. Um, and they formed... Uh, they're really These guys are really into the draft, and... Uh, so I thought it'd be a good idea to get other people's voices, not just mine and Nathan's. Uh, and so they formed a really cool little Bengals UK draft panel, uh, and they're going to go through who they've been watching, who they think we might take, who they think we should take at 11, and a couple of other uh, rounds below. Um, but yes, one of our brethren is... Um, He's Matt Moon, and he uh, runs a shop with his lovely wife, Debs, in uh, Sheffield. And he he knows, obviously listens to the podcast, and he knows our love of uh, the artisanal cordial. And he sorted us out with a real humdinger. Mate, I literally had a, I had a sip of it before we give the flavour away. My mouth was just, you know, when it turns round a bit. It's a bit like, you know, it like goes in and it changes and the back of your throat goes a bit funny. Oh, there are different notes to it. Yeah. It's so you, you not not happy? I love it. I literally am on the fence. Okay. It's so sugary though. Yeah, it is very I sweet. I put on a couple of pounds just having it. <laughs> what, after two sips? Well, two sips and these, uh, so the other treat we've got in front of us, strawberry flavoured Jaffa cakes. Now, um, I can't remember why, Matt. I think I react. Why is he giving them to us? Um, well, basically, I think I must have said something on Twitter about my love for Jaffa cakes. And for uh, American listeners, they are that they hit the sweet spot between. Do they not have Jaffa cakes in the US? I don't know. I don't know who they do actually. But if, if if anybody's listening that doesn't know what a Jaffa cake is, um, I suggest you get on board quite quickly. <laughs> they hit the sweet spot between a biscuit and a cake. Yeah, yeah. And they're like a rusky disc <laughs> with a with an orange jelly centre and a chocolate. You can tell you top. used to be a journalist. A rusky disc. Still am, mate. Still am. <laughs> At least I think I am. Um, yeah, but honestly, oh man, I could just I just inhale them. Do you know what I mean? And they're so good. But you, I've never heard of a strawberry flavour. Well, no, no, nor have I. I think Matt might have put something on Twitter, and I reacted in 
uh, well, I overreacted, going, <laughs> oh, my God, look at those, strawberry, are you kidding me? And he goes, well, I'll get you a packet if you want, because I've not seen them in. No, I ain't. And they are limited edition. Well, there you go. But pro tip, Nathan. Yep. Um M&S, Marks and Spencer, yeah. do lemon and lime, their own like own brand Jaffa Gates. Oh, really? And they do lemon and lime flavour well, and raspberry flavour. And honestly, they are their absolute business. And they often have them on offer. Really? So you can get two... We whoppers. should just run a shopping podcast. We're wasting ourselves <laughs> on the Bengals. In the off-season, mate, we should just be talking about cordials, biscuits, cakes, Well, I think we beers. are, to be honest with you. Well, that's what I mean. Like We're probably about five minutes in and we haven't mentioned football yet. <laughs> I know, yeah. But, oh, um, so tonight, uh, we are drinking... Um, we're off the booze again. And we're drinking apple and... No, what is it? Crushed apple. And cinnamon cordial. Yeah. And see, that that is... It's crushed toffee apple, I think. Oh, is it? It doesn't say that on the bottle, but it, it is. It tastes toffee apple-ish. It rocks your nut, honestly. I might eat all over the place. It's weird flavour. <laughs> I really love it. It's really strong, though, isn't it? Like, I'm going to yeah, take I think a I did, now. I did put too much in your glass, so... Um... Oh, cheers for that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like half squash, half water. Yeah, it? basically. It's like a shandy. It's like... <laughs> Half cordial, half water. Oh, um, mate, I won't sleep tonight. But I, I know, you're going to be like climbing the walls. It's a oh, massive mate. sugar rush. But yeah, it's that classic combination of apple yeah, and yeah. cinnamon. Like you're having a bun. Yeah, honestly. Or it's, or it, it's like oh. taking a hit every time you taste like oh, bang. Know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, you're right. This is not a, a tasting podcast. Not yet. We have had uh, some food tasting sessions on this podcast before remember the <laughs> remember the dried squid from japan oh, mate, the dried squid. <laughs> <laughs> we go from dried squid to strawberry jaffa cakes what else we had we had some other weird gaff on this uh some weird gear on this podcast what was it was that something else from japan no that was just the dried oh, squid that jimmy bought back from japan um but anyway what are you saying about the strawberry jaffa i can't taste the strawberry i've got to be honest everyone we're bigging them up they just taste like normal jaffa cakes to me yeah i have to say i don't detect any strawberry flavor at all nathan there's no context here's some jaffa cakes i'd have been like cheers mate and i wouldn't have blanked an eyelid at it yeah i i I can't taste any strawberry in it no (laughs) but anyway (laughs) anyway but thank you matt moon thank you matt i really appreciate it it's nice yeah yeah real treat thank you very much if anyone else wants to send us any food and drink products to review any limited edition paul's address is (laughs) (laughs) absolutely just get in touch with me on twitter and i will uh gladly receive food parcels yeah absolutely uh and weirder the better oh god i've dug ourselves a hole now haven't we but (laughs) anyway um we're like social media influencers now. People send us. Well, that's on, right. We're, we're that's like, right. We're like, oh, so this is from, and we like tag Matt Moon's shop in it. And we're like, so these are from Matt Moon's shop. You know what I mean? Like, that's where we're going, son. High level influencers. That's right. Well, maybe we might be able going. to get a sponsor out of this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All our 20 listeners. <laughs> 250, 300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm not I'm really kidding. Um, there's not a lot of news about, though, is there? It's that kind of weird hinterland between yeah. the free agent the free agency period which is now pretty much done for the Bengals yeah um and the draft now the Bengals might be signing some other players post draft certainly undrafted free agents but they might need to fill a few other ros- roster spots yeah you know that's not beyond the realms of possibility um so there's not huge amounts of news i guess the biggest news well two news stories i guess um while we were off air, and you know this has been discussed to death, but um, Troy Blackburn addressed the criticism yeah, of yeah. the the team signing Bobby Hart with quite an interesting response. Wasn't feisty, it? wasn't it? 
very feisty and very sort of quite aggressive. Yeah. Um, basically saying for those, uh, he came out and said, for those who say you shouldn't have signed Bobby Hart, who is go- who is going to play right tackle? Who? Oh, maybe you'll draft one in the third round and it'll come on. Really? You're going to bet your season on that? We may still draft somebody. We haven't had the draft yet, but you just can't criticise. In our business, you have to solve the problem. If you're not going to play him, tell me who. Trent Brown at 17 million, really? A seventh round draft pick? Um, and he goes on and on and on. It's a proper rant. Yeah, Actually, yeah, you'd yeah. be quite proud of this rant, I think. <laughs> um, um, there aren't perfect options out there. That was the key phrase, I think. More or less admitting, perhaps, that yeah, yeah, no, you yeah. could argue that he's kind of saying, well, you know, no one's perfect, so, you know, we've just got to sign who we've got to sign, really. Yeah. Uh, and that's not, or is it? I, just I don't know. Don't, I I thought that was madly unnecessary. I could understand as an organisation, you know, the Bengals fans. I think you know, there's a a slight line between a lot of them can be quite, you know, so you're taking a, a doing a mouthful after that squash there. After oh, yeah, yeah. So I pulled a face, listeners. <laughs> I pulled a right face. <laughs> but I think some Bengals fans can be very critical of the team, and I think that can possibly boil over. And he's a human being, you know, you can see him having that sort of reaction, but. I think to just say with the Bobby Hart situation, oh, I don't think there's anything better out there. there. There's another 60, 90 tackles out there on the market. You know, Bobby Hart was never a guy that was an average starter, you know, that you know that we've just signed again and people aren't happy that he's average. He's one of the worst in the league. And I just think, how as a fan, and that's the business of being a fan, is you get the chance, you pay your money, be it Game Pass, be it a season ticket, be it through merchandise, be it through anything related to the NFL... You pay your money, you get a voice. And I think, you know, as long as you're not personally slagging Bobby Hart off and things like that, because there's no need for that at all. But if you're saying, like, I don't think this guy's a particularly good player and I think we've paid him too much, that's all people are saying. And I think that's a a pretty uh, bit condescending and not a particularly great way to sort of engage and you know, really get a good grip on your own Yeah, fan base. I thought it was just, as you say, aggressive. Yeah. Um, I could, I can totally understand him coming out and defending. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we want we want the front office to be more communicative, right? Yeah, we absolutely. want them to do that. And and it actually, in some ways, I was quite impressed with his, yeah, I, his passion. Point. You know what yeah. I mean? Because we, we never hear from Troy at no, all. No, 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 no. So I was quite impressed with his passion. Um but you could argue it was oh, misplaced. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a front office guy. You know what I mean. But he'd obviously seen a lot of the criticism, and he just thought, you know, it just got ang- just reacted really. Yeah, yeah. And um, the thing is, as well, I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. As, as fans, we were absolutely like loving the Darquez Denard deal in the last podcast, which was a fantastic deal. You know, one year, five million dollars, brilliant, fantastic. I liked, I, after coming around to it, I like the BW Web signing. Yeah, yeah. I like the Kerry Wynn signing. Yeah, I mean, there's been some decent deals done, but I like the John Miller signing as well. Yeah, I mean, there's some solid players, but I think I just think, yeah, like you've got the right to. I mean, you know, I think most people across the league, experts, fans, all said that's a bad deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And people make bad deals in the NFL. You know, you can't just say that because, you know, oh, we don't think there's anyone else out there. We, you know, it's, you don't have to be a perfect option. We understand that. But I think when you go out there and pay a guy that is widely regarded pretty much in all metrics as one of the worst players, and it's not just the pro football focus side of it or the NFL stats. It's very much we've seen this guy get bowled over time and time again. I think when you give someone like that that much money, you, you're in for some criticism and you've got to handle it. 
Yeah, I agree. But uh, it's again, it's a two-way thing, isn't yeah, it? It's I like agree. you. Yeah, yeah. I want him to come out and defend the Bobby Hart signing. I want us to tell him. To, oh, sorry, I want him to tell us yeah. why Bobby was signed or yeah, re-signed. Yeah. And he could have come out and just given us a really. You yeah, know, we think he's going to improve. You know, yeah, we like, hope, we know him. Yeah, we like his athleticism. Yeah, you know, um, he wants to be here. He's got a high ceiling. You know, you know all and, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, that that that's kind of what you wanted to hear. Not like, yeah. listen, don't criticize. What do you think we do? You know, yeah, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, no, those are rhetorical questions. Like, we might draft someone yet. You know what I mean? Stuff like that is a little bit. Yeah, it sort of crossed that line. I think. Yes, uh, but dear old Troy, keep keep telling us what you're thinking, Troy. I, I think it's important. I for, bet, yeah, you'd rather him do it than for, not. Yeah, for the I, I do I do like the fact that the front office was communicating. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe there should be more of that from from the Brown family because they're often seen as a bit detached and a yeah, bit yeah, sort of a, a hidden bit, away. Yeah, and I'd like you know whenever you hear Mike Brown in an interview, he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, you know, yeah, slurping yeah. on his soup and eating his grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, speaking of reacting, mm. uh, our, well, soon-to-be second-year running back, Mark Walton, was a very silly Billy again, wasn't he? Yeah, third time this off-season. And uh, he's been cut. Yeah. And it's a fair, fair feat getting arrested three times. I mean, what? You know, about two or three months. What? And once, you know, it could happen to anyone. Twice is pretty bad. Three times, just come so on. So I just said you're an absolute <laughs> really, I think. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And just stupid. It's like people would... I saw the video of him snatching the phone away. Oh, yeah. And it's just extremely childish. Yeah, yeah. And I know he's a young guy. Yeah. But it's like you've just been drafted by a pro-American football team in the NFL. You're earning more than anyone can ever dream of. Well, perhaps not yet, but earning a good screw. And then then you go out and give it the big I am... Yeah. And you get into trouble, you're smoking dough. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, people would you, kill to be in your position. You're suplexing people down Kentish Town High Street. You can't really sit on the eye I know. your eye also for this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been cut long ago, wouldn't you, I? You, you, you'd have, only once, though, so you might have been all right. Yeah, exactly. Eyes, they might have exactly. let you go. But, um, that's harsh, though. I mean, go, being serious for a moment, Mike Walton, I mean, that's a fourth-round pick. Yeah. But at the time, a lot of people were quite excited about You know, He was quite an elusive, dynamic running back. And you think no, that's that's not what you want. Your fourth round pick just done. Yeah. Within one year, off the team, never to return. That's it. That's hard. I mean, you know, and these last couple of drafts for us have been difficult. We have struggled to get the value out of those players in the mid rounds, and to have one player like given up on done inside twelve months. I mean, that's hard. Yeah, I think I think the Walton uh, selection was perhaps the one last year that everybody kind of scratched their heads a little bit and thought. Yeah. Really? So now we're in exactly the same position. So I would expect, you know, the Bengals to pick up someone either through the draft. It creates a hole because we've Free agency for signing. You know, there's a lot of backs out there that are looking for homes and you know to add a little bit of depth in in our in our range stray room. cats looking for homes that's right yeah strays <laughs> waves of strays if you're going to get a guy in the late rounds that's going to perform it's going to be a running back i mean there's been so many examples of you know running backs drafted in the late rounds when you look at philip lindsay last year for denver you know absolutely tearing up for them if you could unearth someone like that as like a sort of third gadget type guy, a bit like Walton, I think probably would have been maybe a good special teams player um, to sort of complement Mixon. And you know, we've said before in this podcast, it wouldn't be a massive surprise if Giovanni Bernard at some point was a cap casualty for the money he's getting paid versus the production and the way they very much 
heavily leaned on Mixon last year and it wasn't necessarily a one-two punch. It was very much more like a one-one-two punch. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see if they I mean, they want to pay in that. Might make their decision harder if they were thinking of doing it, losing water now because then you've literally got Mixon. Yeah. Bring back Trey Carson, I, I say. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we need I mean, we need to do something because, I mean, if you look at that squad, you've literally got the quarterback turned running back Quentin Flowers, Flowers who I would absolutely love to see make yeah, it he's got a fantastic story yeah exactly and, it, and he would give you some like you know you could run him to the outside and he could do that sort of classic goes to run passes mm. it type job but that really does make you uh, decision there's an injury yeah. or 2 or 11 or 16 as like yeah. we had last year you know? that's what I mean so we, we, we may well be looking at keeping Geo now with the yeah, you'd hope so, just because I think he's great. Yeah. He got uh, married. Did you see he got married I in did. Italy? Yeah, yeah. congratulations got married. to, to uh, Giovanni yeah. uh, and his uh, wife now, Chloe. Oh, you know her name. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Me, me and Chloe are tight. You know. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I was surprised you weren't invited as a guest. I was I was quite upset, actually. Um, <laughs> I was, the thing is, though, they were they, they employed this kind of wedding website, right? To How do you know this? I don't know because I sort of I wanted to put a message on our Twitter feed, uh, you know, kind of yeah. congratulating. So I just googled it, and there's a site, a wedding site, open to the public, telling everyone where it is. Really? What uh, <laughs> what accommodation is available? <laughs> there, I th- I'm not sure if their wedding list was on, but it's like you know everything else was on there. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, goodness, imagine. If you were in, if you bowled up in a suit, someone would have, everyone would have just like ignored it and just thought you knew someone there. Was you you'd have been kicked out? I think we should have actually done it. <laughs> just look well smart in suits. How do you how do you know Giovanni or Chloe? Like, oh yeah, we just know. Oh yeah, Chloe. we go way back. He stayed around my weekend to London. Yeah, last, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what uh, what would what would have been Palmer's opening line to get? How would you crash a wedding? I wonder. Oh, what would you say? You've done that before, surely. Just uh. Friend, friend of the, uh, friend of the wife's, friend of the wife's. Yeah. Leave it there. Just leave it there. Let put a bit of doubt in their mind. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Sylvia, right, was out, 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 out on the town, out in the town, and she was at some fancy showbiz launch, right? Yeah. And um, you know, the night was in full swing. Everyone was like three sheets to the wind, <laughs> and so was Sylvia, and she saw. I think it was uh, TVs and radios. Lisa Snowden. Do you know her? No. She's uh, she's she's a very beautiful lady, <laughs> and um, she is a DJ. She was host of Britain's Next Top Model. She hosts. Uh, I think she used to host the Breakfast Show on Capital. Yeah, yeah. All the big things, yeah, right? Yeah. She's genuine A-list, right? Yeah. Anyway, so everyone was absolutely slaughtered, uh, you know, uh, and Lisa Snowden was dancing. I think it was Lisa Snowden. So any Lisa Snowden's lawyers, if you listen to this, it, I, I, I think it's Lisa Snowden. It's not incriminating in any way, shape, <laughs> form. But she, Sylvia went up to Lisa and said, all right, Lisa, do you remember me? And Lisa Snowden was like, what? And she said, oh, you know, I used to go to school with you. You know, your mates. Are... And Lisa Snowden was so hammered that she believed her 
and suddenly they were like best mates for the rest of the night and hanging out and dancing and like hugging each other. It's like, I can't believe I've seen you so long. Oh, I really missed Couldn't you. Couldn't just called her out and like what school it was or something? Well, you'd think so. I think that if she was sober, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that would have yeah. been the, uh, the, the way to do it. But the fact that she was absolutely... Um, oh, I'll have to remember that one. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe that's the way to do it. Wait until everyone's drunk. And kind of going and go, gee, oh, do you remember me? Me and you at university when you did <laughs> that North thing Carolina. to that person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they were great days, weren't they? Great days. Anyway, um, we've rattled on about nothing in particular. Yeah. So it's time to get serious. Time to get serious about the uh, the draft. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's a big month, actually, for Bengals fans. Yeah, massive. April, the month of April. Uh, we've got the draft in a couple of weeks, but also... The schedules are going to be released. Yep. So uh, we will be finding out where the Bengals are playing in London and when they are playing. And you would assume sort of ticketing details will also be released as well. Yep. So, you know, uh, eyes and ears ready. Stand, stand by, by, by your beds. Absolutely. Classic Paul Hirons. Uh, stand by your beds uh, and get ready for some serious action. And speaking of serious action, it's time now to go to our Bengals UK draft panel recorded up in Sheffield this weekend. Um, You're going to be joined by Peter Dadswell, Sam Anger and Liam Corlett. So, Pete, it's over to you. Thank you, Paul. Um, welcome, everyone. You join us today in, in God's own county of Yorkshire with uh, exciting and, and revolutionary news coming out of Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, for the first time in memory, Mike Brown has zigged when the rest of the NFL is zigging and has actually embraced what everyone else is doing. He's finally employed a GM. And that's me. So we, we find that Duke Turbin has been uh, sent away to go and create the... Uh, Cincinnati Bengals Hall of Fame, somewhat belatedly, you should have been doing this a long time ago, and instead I've been brought in to um, look at the draft ahead of uh, a very important time for the Bengals. We've got a new coaching staff, uh, there's been lots of changes at, uh, at the Bengals, and we're looking to revitalise this organisation starting with the draft in a few weeks' time. So my first role has been to expand the scouting department um, and I'm pleased to welcome today uh, to our draft war, war room two of the new scouts. Uh, we have Sam Anger and Liam Corlett. Hello gents. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Not too bad. Right, let's get on with this. Um, we've got a lot to do today. Draft is fast approaching so let's get down to business. So from this draft, gentlemen, I'm looking for two immediate starters and at least one more who will be starter by year two. So let's focus today on the first two days of the draft. That's rounds one and three. Right. And don't forget the motto of this draft war room. We use free agency to fill holes, but we draft talent. So I've got number 11 pick. Talk to me about the linebackers that we could look at. Um, I'm, there are two Devins. Uh, so let's start with Devin, uh, Devin White. Liam, tell me about him. He, he's fast. He's strong. He's clearly an athlete. He's... He's shown that he can cover, although he's not been asked to do it much. I think the LSU scheme sort of it, it restricts him in that aspect. I think he's a top ten pick. I think he, he could be your starting linebacker for the next ten years uh, if he's there. I'd pick him personally. Middle linebacker, strong side, weak side. I, I think he's your starting starting middle linebacker. Excellent. 
And if I'm right, he loves horses as well, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he rode his horse to his finals, didn't he? Yeah. And yeah. if if you saw that, saw that video on the internet, Sam, any any views on on Devon White? Um, well, I first I first watched him uh, last night. I watched um, I think about six or seven games, and to be honest, he, he looks like a, a good player. I think he'll be productive. Um, but I've seen recently he's going to be like a he's, he's potentially going to be like a top five pick. Uh, I don't agree with that. Um, my guy's Devin Bush. If I was, if I was to, you know, another Devin. Well, tell me, tell me about Devin Absolutely. Bush. Absolutely, uh, Devin Bush, uh, Michigan. He's he's everything that, that that I think we need in Cincinnati. He's like he's almost like Avanti's perfect, but more clean. Uh, he's got the nastiness. He's quick. He can read things. He's he's, he's got instincts. He's sideline to sideline. Um, he's everything I personally love in a linebacker. Um, uh, I would say that you know uh, Devin Bush is he's got better man-to-man coverage. He can cover man-to-man pretty well from what I saw, um, and he is he is probably better than Bush in coverage. But Bush makes up for it with the elite attributes I think he's got. Um, I mean, they're, they're both very very quick. I mean, they're, ve- they're very very yeah. Uh, uh, and the combine, I think uh, White ran a four point four two, and, yeah. and Bush ran a four point four three, and this was. Pretty dynamic stuff. Um, should I be worried that Devin Bush is a tad smaller than Devin White, and we, we asked him to cover the, the tight ends? Really um, I don't worry about. I don't. I don't really worry about the linebacker position. You know, being too small nowadays because you see that a lot now. You know, you, you got, got Bobby Wagner. Wagner. You got Bobby Wagner. Yeah, this is what yeah. I mean. And he, yeah. he's he's an elite All Pro, you know, linebacker. And if I, I do think, I think Bush has has similarities to to Bobby Wagner. Um, he's quite small, he's quick, he's shifting, and he's not necessarily a picks guy, but he's going to be all over the field. He's going to get you at least 120, sacks, uh, 120 tackles a season. I really like his movement skills. He's yeah. very fluid. He shows that he could be coached to cover. I mean, it's, it's not something that he's done yet, but you, yeah. can, you can see it's, it's something that could be coached out of him. Yeah. Um, he's tackling. He's a big hitter, but he doesn't rap. He doesn't. And it's frustrating to see from a linebacker who you're going to pick at 11. And no, absolutely. For me... We've had linebackers who can't tackle before. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him get a roll. Like, grab him and bring him down. But I think this thing, I think it's this kind coachable. of thing is coachable. Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. But how, when was the last time we coached a linebacker? Well, to, yeah. To but now it's, it's a totally yeah. different yeah. team. We've, we've, different coaching we've got staff new coaches now. And we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but... From what I saw in, in, in Devin White, he, he takes the wrong angles and for linebackers you've got to have that instinct to take the right angle and I just didn't see I was looking for it, I just kept looking and looking for it, I just couldn't see it. Yeah, okay. it's, I, I've, I've, I've got down here that he, his angles are poor. Okay, so um, we've got Liam banging the table for um, Devin White in, in the first round and we've got Sam bang, uh, banging the table for Devin Bush. If I decide not to go linebacker in round one, we certainly need linebacker. Talk to me. What 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 do we have in rounds two and three? I hear about Matt Wilson. Um, Liam, any thoughts on Matt Wilson from Alabama? I wasn't keen on Matt Wilson. I thought he looked like an athlete on tape, um, but he's, he he almost lacks a physicality. I think he's a product of a very yeah. good Bama defense, and he's sort of been carried. Um, it, it's. I wasn't impressed. I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him that high in the second. I felt the same. I felt the same. I watched him a while back, and I felt exactly the same as you did. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the linebackers, the middle linebackers that have come out of Alabama in the past. You know, 
six, seven years, you had Ruben Foster and, and CJ Mosley. Yeah. And for me, like Ruben Foster is, is the best player I've ever seen coming out of college. And that's followed by Joe Mixon as well. One or yeah. two red flags. And, and this is the problem. And, you know. Yeah. He's, he can be indecisive at times. He gets eaten up by blocks. And I don't think he looks comfortable in coverage all the time. Okay. He sometimes looks unsure. Uh, are we thinking he's more of a, a middle linebacker thumper in the old style rather yeah. than the coverage one? And, and to be fair, that's what we want. We want to cover linebacker. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, um, who else we got? Um, I mean, for mine, I'd, I'd, I loved, I loved Jermaine Pratt, NC State. You know, he's a former safety. Uh, he's got good coverage skills. He's only a one-year star at linebacker, but he looks natural at the position. You know, if you, if if you give him any space on a blitz, he's, he's having the quarterback and he's quick to get to the quarterback as well. He's instinctive, he's really instinctive. Uh, he can occasionally get bullied by a lineman, um, but I think that kind of thing, you know, he, he, he can be worked with, you know. So if he's, 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 he's the opposite of what we've gone before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big hitter, we've gone for a, um, a safety convert, a bit like Drew Tranquil later Absolutely, in the draft. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think Pratt still is a big hitter, though. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a, a hit. Good and at hear. times he has looked stiff in coverage, but you can see that he, yeah. he has he has transferred you know, well, from safety. If, if he's the guy, uh, you know, he's the guy that I'd hope for if we wasn't to take Bush in the first round, basically. Okay, that's good to know. Um, Liam, um, I see there's a, a late riser from Minnesota, Blake Cashman. Blake Cashman. Do you know anything about him? Yeah, um, he's another, he's, he's an athlete, out-and-out -out athlete. He, he moves very well, he's fast. Um, he can beat his blocks. He doesn't really get washed out like some others despite his size issues with him sometimes his eyes betray him there's one play in particular where he's in position to make a play on on a handoff and just he just misses it he, yeah. go, he, go, he goes for the running back and the QB just walks away from him and it, it's cringeworthy but with his physical tools I think he can be coached to be a fantastic linebacker in this league rather than reach for Bush at 11 I would love to see us take him in the second round, maybe he slips to the third if people aren't in love with his tape. Reach for Bush. Ooh. Yes, I noticed, I noticed <laughs> that. Yeah. Ouch. I think uh, we know where uh, your loyalty is down there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, okay, well, that, that's useful. I think we've covered uh, linebackers, and that really is um, a position of need. Um, right, I want to move, move on now to tight ends. Obviously, we've, we've signed uh, Eifert um, to one year prove it deal. We all hope he's going to stay fit for a year because he's a difference maker. But we're going to need to cover him. We're going to need a third tight end, and we need a tight ends moving forward. So, um, uh, so I'm told tight ends uh, in round one are, are very good. So let's talk about those uh, tight ends. So I've got T.J. Hawkinson, yeah. Iowa. Um, he's ideal size, speed. He's got great natural hands and route running ability. I think he's the best tight end in this in this draft. He's a very willing blocker. I think at times he's a little bit overrated, but I mean, it's there and he loves it. And it's nice to see from a young guy coming out with his talents in the receiving game to want to block and take pride in backside blocks. So, so is he a mix between a move tight end like I yeah, thought, he, he's and a, do a it, blocking tight he, end? He's a do-it-all tight end. He's what you want. He can be on the field on every down. He's a threat in the run game and the pass game. I think he's the best tight end in this draft is number 11 the draft pick at number 11 too high for him it, it depends on how you feel comfortable picking a guy who historically tight ends don't come on in year one but he's a game changer and I think 11 is an acceptable place to take him if, if you've I mean if, if your defensive 
targets are gone, he, he's a game changer. Uh, uh, right, so that's good, good to hear about Hawkinson. Now, his teammate at Iowa is, is Noah Fant, and I've had a look at Noah Fant, and um, uh, this is a dynamic tight end. I mean, um, he ran a 4.5 second 40. The guy's, the guy's a freak. And, and that's, that there are many wide receivers who would love to be able to run that speed. We've got one, Auden yeah. Tate, who can't even get anywhere near that. Um, great set of hands, great high, um, high pointing the catch. Um, not as um, able or not as willing as a blocker than his teammate. Yeah. The two of them as a pair uh, complemented each, each other so much. Um, why, why should um, Fant not be a number 11 pick if Hawkinson is? Any thoughts? I don't think he's a natural route runner and receiver. I think his hands sometimes, they, they almost look a bit clunky. Like he's, When the ball hits Hawkinson's hands, it sticks and it's soft but they're strong I yeah. think Fant, Fant's a little bit more of an athlete okay. than a natural receiver of the ball I mean let's face it the NFL these days is now um, a mismatch league all offences are trying to scheme to get mismatches Fant can yeah. give you those mismatches there, there it is there it is and that's what Eifert is you get Eifert on a, on a linebacker catching the ball over the linebacker's head and he's going for 15, 20 yards a time minimum and Noah Fant can bring that to any, any team Okay, uh, right, that's good to hear. So, I do sense that in this, uh, this draft, we have some real blue-chip defensive prospects that will go in the top 10. But we all know what happens, people moving up the top 10 to go and get their, their quarterbacks. Um, talk to me about any blue-chip pro- prospects who might just fall to number 11. And if they are there, we've got to run up and hand that card over quickly because these are elite prospects. Tell me about any of them. Uh, elite prospect-wise, um, I think the elites, um, I think it stops at, pro- it stops at probably Josh Allen. Uh, after that, you've got like uh, Sean Gary. I think he's the next best one up. Um, tell, tell me about Rashawn Gary. Um, I mean, he, he's been playing on the edge for Michigan. And for me, um, he's got that energy, he's strong and he's aggressive, but he's, he's not got that bend and dip. I think he's more of a three technique kind of guy. I think he's a ball rushing type, uh, like defensive tackle. I would not, if, if the Bengals were to draft him, there's no way that I'd, I'd want him to play on the edge. I'd, I just think he's... So you'd be playing alongside Gino inside? Absolutely. Okay. If, you, if, Gary, was, if, if Gary was to drop, yes. But I... I I personally still wouldn't take Gary. Are you, uh, yeah, are you not concerned about his lack of production? Because that is a big red flag. It, that, this is what for, I mean. I for a guy with his physical tools, because yeah. he is, he, again, he's another athletic freak. It was a, I think he was like a five-star recruit when he uh, high well, school. I'm sure more than that, when he came out of high school, there were two prospects, and they were the best two. There was Ed Oliver, yeah. and there was um, uh, Rashan Gary. Yeah. And so he was considered one of the best. Now, at Michigan, his production has been non-existent. Yeah. Um, his uh, less than... Uh, well, his, on the opposite edge, uh, Michigan, was Chase Winovich. Yeah. And he's not considered a first-round uh, pick, but he, nonetheless, he, his production was far, far better. Rashan Gary, is he not more uh, traits rather than production and, and, and that's uh, quite a gamble at number 11. It could yeah. well be he's only very young as well but definitely he needs to shift I think he needs to shift inside if whichever t- well it depends which scheme he goes to. I mean playing on the outside he only had nine and a half sacks 
and only 23 tackles for a loss in, in, um, in all his college um, career, which is not that impressive. Well, if, if you watch him when he's playing on the edge for Michigan, if you watch the point of attack, he gets there, he gets there, he can get past it, but he can't bend round. He struggles to bend and get to the quarterback. He's just a little bit stiff in the hips, I think. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the player that I, I mentioned came out at the high school at the same time as a highly coveted, um, Ed Oliver. Um, Liam, tell me about Ed. I love Ed Oliver. I think he's disruptive. He's, he's another freak athlete. He moves like a linebacker and he's a big guy. He's six foot two, two hundred and ninety pounds. I th- I think he he could be your replacement for Geno Atkins. I mean, in terms of dynamism, he um, he moves like a linebacker, and there are, are some other teams who have looked at perhaps drafting him as a linebacker, which is quite incredible yeah. for a 285, 290 pound defensive lineman. He's got some movement skills like a safety, and this guy is a freak. Hmm. Can you um, imagine having like? Andrew Billings, Geno Atkins on running downs, and having Oliver and Atkins on, on nickel. Well, the most interesting thing long. about Ed Oliver is, uh, if you look at his um, spider graph after the combine, um, the one NFL player he most suits, the, the, the comparison, is a certain Geno Atkins. Yep. <laughs> Pair him and Geno Atkins yeah, yeah, next to each other, I've... and replace Geno when Geno finally hangs up his cleats. And it's a scary thought, especially on third, third downs. Yeah, uh, I think he could do with being coached up by a guy like Gino as well. Because sometimes I think he could do with anchoring better. I think he, 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 he played a lot of nose tackle, which, which wasn't, wasn't beneficial for him. But, he but could you, you, you can level. see his size, he struggled to anchor against double teams. But if, if you can get him coached up, he's an absolute game yeah. maker. And if he, if he slides, you run. You yeah. run up with that. I, I think we can have a word with uh, um, Wilson and William Jackson and tell us what he was like at, at Houston as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm told he likes horses as well. Yeah, it's another one, isn't it? Another yeah, character. Recently, uh, a photograph oh. of him stood on uh, stood up on his horse. Uh, um, I'm more impressed with the horse for taking that weight. To be yeah. fair. Maybe we should try and pick up Devin White and Ed Oliver. Oh my word! I mean, when I watched uh, Ed Oliver, um, I watched his 2018 tape and. I, to be honest, I wasn't that I wasn't that impressed with 2018. But then I found out afterwards his most productive season was 2017. So I yeah. think that's where. Well, I mean that's an exciting possibility. Um, I, I would like to just mention Jeffrey Simmons. Now, Jeffrey Simmons, I've um, I've had a little bit of a, a look at, and um, Jeffrey Simmons is a top ten prospect in any other uh, season. Uh, there are some. Uh, factors which have affected his draft status um, in a high school there's a video of him pushing a girl whilst breaking up a fight um, this is not a good look uh, but all reports suggest he's been a model citizen since then um, and we as Bengals aren't afraid to pick players like that uh, sadly he tore his ACL shortly before the combine which probably rules him out of the first round but for a player who potentially would be a top 10 player if not higher yeah. in any other circumstances if he's in the second round um, uh, he's someone we certainly need to look at I mean he, he was extremely productive um, in uh, at Mississippi, Mississippi State he can play centrally uh, but I also think he can kick out to a five tech um, and I really think that Jeffrey Simmons whilst 
we would be picking someone that we can't expect anything out of in year one, unless we get to the playoffs potentially. Um, I, I certainly think he's someone that we need to keep a very close idea, uh, close look on. Yeah. Any, any thoughts, Jens? Yeah, I think if he slides to the second round, you're getting one hell of a player. Uh, I mean, especially with how how people are healing up from ACL injuries these days. I mean, it's it's, it's almost like a stub toe. I mean, yeah, guys yeah. come back and they're they're stronger. Yeah. I think if you can get a player like that in the second, I mean, he's sliding to the third round in some mock drafts. If you can get a player like that in the second round, you've got steel. Yeah. Okay. Um, there is a saying: you can never have too much pass rush. There's a lot of defensive talent at the top of this draft. There's a lot of pass rush. We've concentrated on pass rush in recent years. Sam Hubbard came in and had a solid uh, rookie season. Carl Lawson is a pro, uh, pro Bowl uh, uh, edge rusher waiting to happen. Um, and of course, we've got Carlos Dunlap who continues to uh, be productive. Um, I suspect, however, we may have one or two pass rushers that might drop to us at 11. And if they are, do we need to be looking at them, even though we're fairly strong in that position? Is there anyone you want to talk about, Liam? I really like Brian Burns. Um, yes. <clears throat> he's, a sp- he's explosive. He's got great production. He's a high-motor player. He can play on all three downs for you. I think, I think eventually he can replace Carlos Dunlap. I think for now, he gives you the opportunity to push Dunlap inside and third down, and he can go, up, go after the passer. I, I, just, I really like him. Excellent. Any thoughts? He's he's got he's got great hands, great feet. He's a big guy. He's aggressive. He gets to the quarterback. He's just he's, he's a nasty defensive end, and I love seeing that. I'd, 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 if, if Brian Burns did drop, yeah. I mean, despite what I said earlier about you know, I have not seen you quite so energised now that you're talking about him. Brian Burns is an is an absolute Florida State, isn't it? Yeah. He's an absolute. He's he's going to be productive whatever team he goes to. I think. He looks like he's, Dunlap on tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a similar. I think Dunlap is Dunlap six 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 yeah. seven. Burns is and Burns is like six five. He's, I think he's long. He's strong. He's yeah. everything you want. I mean, it's not a need for us now. It's probably almost a year too soon. Yeah. But if you can get a talent like that, how can you pass? How can you absolutely. Pass I'd, I would take Brian Burns over Rayshon Gary definitely. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Maybe not Oliver. If, but yeah, not for well, me. Well, gentlemen, I've asked you before you came into this room to prepare a three or four round perfect, realistic mock that you would want. And I'm going to be asking you that at the end. So you can toy with the question of Burns or Ed Oliver um, at the end. Um, what I'd like to move on now to, and we have to, the, the elephant in the room, we have to talk about quarterbacks. Okay? We've, we, we've got um, a team friendly deal. Um, on Andy um, we all know what Andy is we know what Andy could be having seen the 2015 season but w- this is an issue we're going to have to look at at some point if we get an t- opportunity of a quarterback in, in round one uh, is there anyone there we need to be looking at? I mean realistically we're thinking Kyler Murray is going to go too high for us so let's, let's not talk Kyler um, the, other, the other ones tell me about uh, um, Haskins Liam so Haskins, when I look at him, he's six foot three, two twenty pounds. He's he's sort of prototypical size. He's he's a one year starter. He's a great production for for a one year starter. And he's at Ohio State, and we all yeah. love Ohio State. It's yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's it's the local team, isn't it for us? I mean, I see a lot of Dalton in him. I do. I I, I think he, he he runs the system. Um, he's got a little bit more 
touch on the middle of the field throws, like looping over linebackers in coverage. But he then, on outside throws, he lacks arm strength. His velocity isn't there. He really struggles to force the ball into tight windows. I think he's got a strong arm, but I think he has a problem with the long with the deep ball. It's the deep ball, like you I, I don't like his out throws. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't see him at eleven. I don't think he's he's. He's the quarterback. I, I, I suspect that he will go higher than eleven because there will be some people reaching for him, but those will be teams that aren't, uh, that don't have a quarterback. I think Broncos. I think Broncos will take Haskins. Yeah, quite possible. I mean, Haskins is a one-year starter, as you said, and it was only in, in the latter end of the season that he seemed to really get it together, and his production was very good. But to me, that production was as a consequence of um, checkdowns. Uh, to yeah. McLaurin and uh, and some of the other um, wideouts, and is that what we want? You said that you see a lot of Andy Dalton. Do we want? To, uh, this is not a question for you. This will be a question for later. But if we, when we move on from Andy Dalton, do we want something different to what we had? So if Haskins is the same as Andy Dalton, we'll have to put that uh, uh, um, aside and think of that one through very carefully. So, what other quarterbacks might we see in the round one that we need to think about? Um, Daniel Jones. Well, there's, a ch- there's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance Daniel Jones could be there. I think he will be there at eleven. But I personally wouldn't say. I don't think any of these quarterbacks that are, you know this big group. I I personally don't want to take either of them because I don't I don't think any of them have elite potential. Okay. If you ask me, uh, Daniel Jones is 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 my favourite out of the big three. If you like, that are in the first the the projectors go first round. Uh, I think he's got great touch. Um, he, he, he can run around. He can run around a bit. Probably in a similar way to like to like a Roethlisberger type. He can. Sorry, we don't have those uh, names mentioned in this draft order, he, please. He's he, he, he's got good pocket presence, and he avoids pressure with ease. I shared a load of Daniel Jones stuff on my Twitter, and it's the way that he's he's, he's always got his eyes downfield. And like I say, his, his deep ball isn't great. He's, he's not got a massive arm, but he's, he's, he's got good feet. He can work around the pocket and he's accurate. His short accuracy is brilliant. Okay. So what I'm hearing is um, quarterback at 11 is a no, but I may still want to look at a quarterback. So rounds two or three. Is there anyone else that um, you want to bang the table for here? Um, I'd say if, if Brett Rippon's there in round three, four, I'd say more four. Brett Rippon out of uh, Boise State. Tell me about him. Um, he, he could go third, fourth round. I mean, he throws... I shared a load of stuff on my Twitter as well about Brett Rippon. I'd, I'd bang the table for him massively. I think the thing that, that, that kind of let him down, there were a few fumbles, and I think he played... Um, I think he played with a bad offensive line. I looked back at the tape to see if that he, would t- he was spending too long throwing the ball. But he was, he was a bad offensive line. I mean, you can't, there's no excuse for fumbles, but... Um, what's what's his deep ball like? He's got good arm. He has got good arm. It's not, it's not elite, or he's not going to be like dropping to like three or four, like third yeah, or fourth absolutely. round. But, and what about play um, action? Because he's, 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 he's all, he's, he, he can throw under pressure really well. And that's, that's what I love seeing in a quarterback. Not panicking, just stands back. He knows they're coming. And he, he can let the, let go of the ball really smoothly and and you know just just in a laid back manner. Like I said, there's a few for him. He's quite undersized as well. I think he's around five ten, but you know okay. that's almost the norm now in the NFL nowadays. So Liam, are there any quarterbacks you want to talk about? 
the sort of fringe guys from round one to round two, uh, guys who people are going to fall in love with arm talent. So Drew Locke is one of them. Everybody loves his arm. I personally don't see him as a, a round one quarterback. Maybe a round two if you're feeling like rolling the dice. But for me, I'm I'm not in love with him. I think development prospect. Yeah, and, and I th- I think if you're gonna if you're gonna want to develop a QB at round two, I'd, I'd rather us take a like a, a position of need more than a QB. I'm with you. Two. I'm with you. I'm I'm not in love with any of this QB class. Okay, so. Uh, I think we're formulating an idea of what we're going to do round one and, and starting round two and three. Gentlemen, are there any players in the later rounds, two, three, maybe four, that you want to bang the table um, for right now? I'd say, for me, Dylan, uh, Dylan Mitchell, wide receiver, Oregon State. Tell me about I it. I think he... I, well, there's him and there's, there's Terry McLaurin. I mean, I've seen McLaurin being, being projected as like a round six guy. I don't think crazy. that's the case. I don't think that's the case when I, when I see him. It's not... It's not I think the, the whole Paris Campbell thing, especially going up towards the Combine, I think it overshadowed what McLaurin is. And, and Campbell got loads of attention at Iowa State, who were productive, but so was McLaurin, but okay. quietly. Um, Dylan Mitchell, uh, Oregon, he, he, um, he's got this, he's got speed. He ran a good, he ran a good Combine, I think it was like four, I think it was like four, four, six or something like that. Um, I mean, last year's stats, he got, he got nearly 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns. He had 75 recept- 76 receptions. Um, he had, through this game that I watched, he had like five, I can't remember who it was against. He had five drops, I think it were, or six. And I don't know if that's knocked him down. I don't know if, if people have seen this and it's knocked him down. But the game, I think it was one or two games after, he had like 13 catches. And his route running is brilliant. He can get away from corners. He, he, He's got this drop of the shoulder, which it. it Where's his he's, sweet spot? He's gone. Where is his sweet spot in this draft? For Mitchell. Yeah. I'm. I'm. From what I can see, I'm, I'm seeing round three. Okay. Excellent. Liam. So, <clears throat> a guy who didn't get a lot of production in college at Ole Miss. I love him. It's Dawson Knox, tight end. He's big. He's athletic. He's his blocking production is very good. I mean, you, you talk about uh, TJ Hawkinson being a blocker. Dawson Knox can do this. I mean, you watch tape and he's open a lot when he is running routes. I think when the ball ball's in the air, he, he can high point it, he can find it, he's got natural hands. I think he was really underused. And because of that, he's gonna slide. I mean, we have to look at him in, in perspective. He was at Ole Miss, his, the quarterback was able, but not elite. But meantime, the wide receiving core was elite. You've got um, DK Metcalf, who will go perhaps in the top 15. Yeah. You've got AJ, uh, Brown. A- AJ Brown, who will also be a first rounder. Yeah, I, th- I think he was overlooked because of that. Yeah. And also got Demarcus Lodge, who's a wide receiver I like. Yeah. A number of times I saw Dawson Knox stood in the middle of the field waving his arms like he's <laughs> yeah, directing <laughs> traffic. And the yeah. ball never came to me. It was embarrassing. Well, so. I, I only spotted him because I was watching Metcalf tape. And I thought, who is this type? And, yeah. And he's. I love him. I know you love, you love Knox, don't he's, you? He's my guy. So where's his yeah. sweet spot in, in this I draft? would love to see him in the third. He might slide to the fourth if you're lucky. I think a, Are we a tight at risk end? that a tight end who is mobile, who can catch, who's big and can block will be seen as a, um, as a replacement for the Gronk and therefore oh. might be picked up <laughs> by the Patriots? We can't be having that. End of the second round. <laughs> so we might yeah. need to look at him in the second round. Okay, um, um, anyone else? Um, any other... Um, tight ends in the second or third round um, 
Foster Moreau, anyone? Uh, uh, I know you Oliver. I've not seen a great deal of Foster Moreau, if I'm honest. Um, I'm a big uh, Jay Sternberger guy. Tell me about Sternberger. Uh, Texas A&M. Um, he's the Titans that I have watched um, in this process. He's the best run blocking Titan. He, he plays. He, he plays like an offensive line. He's like a right tackle. He's, Which is surprising he, for a slender tight end. Exactly. As well. Yeah. He's because this is what we're getting at as well. Like he's athletic. He's got strong hands. Um, so what you're, you're saying to me is that if we were to draft him and play him alongside Bobby Hart, we may get seven million <laughs> um, dollar contract. Um, <laughs> nah, might nah. actually be worthwhile. He can for Bobby stay Hart. a tight end. He's he's got he's got all the traits. No, but for he a can tight help end. Bobby Hart. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, yeah, um, I think I think it'd be handy in a run-heavy scheme, which we're going to be next year. I, th- I think we will be a run-heavy scheme. So I think people are realising now, especially the Bengals, what Joe Mixon actually is. He's, Joe Mixon will be elite next year. Uh, yeah, I do know one Cockney fella down south. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, Foster Moreau uh, impressed me as a do-it-all tight end um, as well. Again, at LSU, they, they like to run the ball and his blocking was extremely good, but he's also very athletic. He did a 4.66 tight end, uh, a 40-metre dash. And although that's not Hawkinson or Fant, uh, pace that is still very good for a tight yeah. end. High, uh, high uh, points the catch very well. Soft yeah. hands again. I think someone in the second or third round, um, that maybe third round, that is certainly worth looking at. Hmm. He but tested very well. He did. He did. So, gentlemen, um, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to ask in a second for your third or uh, three or four round ideal mock. But is there anyone else you want to talk about? I think we've. I think we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah excellent. I'm, okay, I'm so who's going to go first? Sam, Liam. What we got, Liam? What I've we got Ed Oliver. I want Ed Oliver. Give oh. me him. I want that card written out now. Okay. If he's there, I'm, I I think he's a game wrecker. He's your successor to Gino. He's everything you want. So you, Ed Oliver um, at, um, in the first round. Who, who, who are you taking in the second? Ideally, um, you you want a starting linebacker. Okay. We, we need a starting linebacker. I, I'm going to say Blake Cashman. Blake Cashman in round two. Okay. Round three. Dawson Knox, my boy. Okay. I, th- I think He's he comes boy. in. Uh, unless Patriots th- have taken him. Oh, I hope they don't. Okay. And do you have a fourth rounder? No, I'm all okay. right. Uh, sorry, there are three rounds. Can I, give, can I quickly give two scenarios? Yeah, go on Very then. quick. Devin Bush. Devin Bush goes number one. I'm buying his jersey. That's, that's just, that's just <laughs> happening. Um, if we pick him at 11 you won't, uh, you won't need to buy his jersey we'll just give you one because we'll have loads of them <laughs> um, second round Greg Little if he drops people might disagree with that fair enough third round oh yes people will disagree with third that. round Terry McLaurin fourth round Brett Rippon okay excellent gentlemen thank you very much for your service uh, and, and your scouting this year um, this draft's going to be very very interesting ultimately however the decision com- comes down to me as GM um, so the decision I'm going to make first of all is I'm going to award myself a 10 year 100 million pound contract so I don't care what we do in the draft because I am safe and then the, the rest of the franchise can, can be all about me but it's all about you in it Mr G yeah, it has to be, has to be. so uh, however three rounds uh, I would love to see a Devin at 11 because we would need him but I said we don't draft based on need, we draft based on talent. If Ed Oliver is there, I will not be able to resist. Ed Oliver will be at number 11 uh, and he would be my pick. Uh, I agree we need a, um, a linebacker in the second round. 
Um, and I'm comfortable with either Jermaine Pratt or uh, Blake Cashman, whoever's there. Um, and third round, uh, I'd love to see Dawson Knox there. If he's not there, I would probably look at Foster Moreau. Um, or I would look at um, bolstering the wide receiver room with someone like Terry McLaurin. So that's what it is, gentlemen. Yeah, I like McLaurin. Uh, just, a quick, uh, just a quick one, Mr. James. Yes. Um, you say Ed Oliver first round? Yes. Um, I'm handing in my resignation. That's uh, so right, there are plenty of other scouts <laughs> out there. Gentlemen, thank you very much, and uh, uh, thank you for all joining us in God's own county of Yorkshire. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Cheers, mate. And with that, we hand back to Paul in the sewing room. Well, thank you very much to Pete and Sam and Liam. Um, they're fantastic. They totally get into it. Sam puts on little kind of... Uh, He's a UK Joe Goodbury, that geezer. Well, he? he is, yeah. Yeah, he really is. I mean, Sam does put on these videos on Twitter. He's he's definitely um, worth a follow at, uh, at Sam underscore Anger, and that's A-I-N-G-E-R. And uh, Liam... Is also like passionate about the draft, very knowledgeable. Um, he is at Bengals UK blog, and of course Peter Dadswell. You've heard his name mentioned quite often on this podcast. He's at Dadders, so go and follow those guys. Um, in the second half of our show, we're just going to briefly recap um, some of the points those guys made, and uh, we, I should also say. Thank you to Matt Moon, not least for the for the spicy cordial That's that he spicy. gave us and the um, the strawberry Jaffa cakes, but also for sorting out the Great Gatsby pub um, where we recorded. Uh, thank you to the lovely Rachel, who I kind of fell in love with a little bit, the manageress of the Great Gatsby pub. <laughs> and uh, thank you to the fine city of Sheffield for being Sheffieldy. Um, so uh, any big talking points from that... Uh, Nathan, I mean, they they were all keen as you like for defense in the first round. I mean, there's a few ba- U- US-based American fans kind of seemingly buying into this idea that the Bengals might draft a quarterback in the first yeah, round, which I Haskins, think Haskins. I feel like it's been mentioned a few times. I just I, I don't see that as a rumor. That's just idle speculation. I think. And well, what I was the fans someone want. the other day saying they think Haskins is madly over, not madly overrated, but they think a lot of media types have sort of pushed him up into the top 10 because you know he's a quarterback so they tend to get hugely overvalued yeah. in the draft and you know even based on talent sort of propelled into those positions but I I don't think the Bengals are going to make a move like that I mean it's certainly been an exciting move and obviously he's coming from Ohio State and there's that sort of link there which would be quite interesting but I think the guys got it pretty bang on I think it's going to be Bush White or Oliver, and I think one of them will probably be there because I think at least two quarterbacks will go in the top ten. Yeah, I, I think um, it was interesting. All the guys, I mean, obviously, it's interesting what Sam was saying about Devin White v. Devin Bush. He thinks yeah. Devin White is overrated. It's an unpopular He's, opinion, isn't it? He, and I think Devin White, after a strong combine, uh, will go in the top five, even. Yeah, perhaps, yeah. You know, uh, and Devin Bush may be available. Well, you're. you're likely to be available at 11 if yeah, no, no yeah. you know um i'm not going to reveal who i'm going to go for i think we should do that next week yeah we'll go for that next um week. but liam was keen as mustard on on ed oliver as again had a really strong pro day so yeah. he's 
He's rocketed up the boards. Yeah. Brian Burns got a lot of love there, the edge rusher. Yeah. Um, and those are, you know, I think initially it's got to be all about linebacker, but because of the defensive talent at the top of that draft, yeah. there is the opportunity to grab a real, as I love that phrase that Liam used, game wrecker. Game wrecker. A real kind of, because we didn't get to the quarterback enough. And yes, no. Lawson is coming back. Yeah. Yes, Kerry Wynn is going to be an upgrade on Michael Johnson, you'd think. Yeah. Um, Gino stepped back a little bit last year. Carlos did too, even though they were sensational in the yep. the early games of, of last season. So you'd want them to recapture that early season form. But they do need a little bit of help. And Hubbard's going to be solid. Yeah. Lawson's going to be back, so you'd hope that you know that would work nicely. Yeah. But I think if you just added one more... You know, real game wrecker. Yeah, and that, yeah. that that makes us a really that off defensive line is going to be really really strong. Yeah, I mean, you think picking eleven is one of the highest we've picked in a long time, and you really want to make sure you get yourself someone that's not only a starter there, but it's going to be a starter for a long time. And I think if we can install someone like a Bush or a White or an Ed Oliver or someone like that on the defensive side of the ball to really lead that defense, like you want a leader as well, I think, because that linebacking core. It's all very new. And even Preston Brown, he's only been there for a year and he was out injured half of last year. You know, you've lost a long ter- long-time servant in Vontez Burfitt. Vinnie Ray's gone. It, it's, you know, Nick Vigil's been around for a couple of years, but it'd be nice to get a young oh, it guy It needs refreshing, there. doesn't it? It does need refreshing. And it needs a young guy to come in there who's got a bit of leadership about him, got a bit of a... You know, got a bit of an attitude to go in there and sort of, you know, make that his defence. And, and in a couple I, of years, really sort of maybe take over the captaincy and really lead And again, it. you know, as Sam said, you know, he's already like mega, you know, almost sexually excited by the prospects <laughs> of Devin Bushcock. He's going to buy his jersey straight away. There you know, you that, that's, and he said he's a nasty, you know, do-it-all thumper, quick, fast, great yeah, yeah, tackling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, I think, in in summer we're gonna get a really good player at eleven. Yeah. Um, Do you think there's any way we go offense at all? Me personally, no. no. I I mean, there is the. I mean, we, we they talked about tight ends. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And T.J. Hawkinson, as Liam mentioned, is a real, you know, all round brilliant tight end yeah and I think that's the, that's the position that they'd be looking at but I a bit higher for Hawkins at 11 well you know it? you look at our very own Andrew Dockerell who's done a few mock drafts for yeah, us yeah. and he's you know he's he's gone TJ Hawkinson yeah, twice yeah, yeah. so I, I wouldn't be upset about Hawkinson because I think he's going to be a great great player yeah or certainly has the potential to be and it is a position of relative need for us yeah yeah but just with the defensive players up there you know, it could be a real opportunity. I think yeah. to get some. Well, especially with I mean, we've like you said, we've we've made some upgrades on defense, small upgrades. Yeah. I still think it's you know we have to wait and see with training camp and the preseason. I mean, some of those guys might not make the team. I mean, the Bengals have done that a few times in the past. They've brought in these guys that are kind of like fringe players, a bit like a Chris Baker last year. A few people yeah, quite excited yeah. about him coming in. You know, been around the league. I think he had a couple of seasons where he was like you know really good starter, and it didn't mount to anything. He didn't make the team, so. A lot of these players, I, mean, I know Troy Blackburn and his, um, his piece was saying, look, we signed eight players, you know, but a lot of those guys are real sort of, you know, one-year prove-it deals, sort of, you know, fairly, like, designed to be sort of fringe starters at best. Yeah. 
So, you know, I think on the defensive side of the ball, we can't really afford to miss out on it because I really think that linebacking core, I mean, we did this on the podcast the other week about, you know, areas of the team rating them out of 10. The actual balance of the team is not that bad. The, the key obvious area is the linebackers. Yeah. And I just think if you've got an opportunity there for White or Bush, I don't think you can wait until round two, three to address that problem. I think Hawkinson would be a real well, luxury that, pick. To yeah, be I think so. I think I think you're right. And it's all again. We've mentioned it. It, it sort of almost mirrors last year with the centre position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of yeah. filled the holes around it, but they left centre wide yeah, open. Yeah, exactly. And they're leaving linebacker wide open, so which is a bit worrying, isn't it? Because I think last well, last year we, we could have. I mean, it, we we were sitting there with Goodbury last year, and he was sort of walking us through all of the centre prospects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he loved James Daniels. Yeah, exactly. And, and, he, and um, Frank Ragnow. 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 But that, that's the thing. You know, we were almost we both certain, incidentally moved to guard. Yeah, which is interesting. But he was very much going through those guys, and we spoke to Dave Lapham as well, who, who we're talking the, to again next week, listeners. Yeah, exactly. And 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 he was very much along the lines of oh, they like Billy Price, and it was very much that's where they're probably going to be honest. And you know, again, this is pure speculation, but Detroit jumped straight in front of us in the draft last year, knowing full well that we most likely were going to take a centre. We had a big hole on the roster, took Ragnar. Now, we don't know if the Bengals would have taken Ragnar if he was there or they would have taken Billy Price, but certainly there's a chance that they could have done. And they ended up getting, again, we don't know, their first, second guy, but almost by necessity, who's left on the ball? I think Daniels was still on the ball. Yeah, he went around two, I think. Yeah, but they ended up taking Billy Price. So in this situation, you don't want to be in a position where, you know, Pick 10 is on the clock. Some team, you know, needy of a linebacker, jumps in front of well, us. Well, you know, we're probably Steelers, take Bush Steelers or White. need exactly. a, a thumper, a real sort of... Exactly. You know, they're looking to replace Shazir, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. So um, you don't know that they're not going to see that. You're Devin White, shockingly still on the board. You know, everyone's been listening to Sam Ainger. No one fancies it. And at 10, we're sort of rubbing our hands together because Duke Tobin likes him. And you see Pittsburgh or someone like that jump in front of us, knowing full well that we would probably take him if he was there. So that's the only thing that would worry me a little bit in terms of just how actually, you know, much of a huge void we have at that position. What about quarterback, Nathan? We mentioned it. We keep talking about it. Yeah. You know, as Pete said in 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 on the panel, there it is. I know you don't quite believe this, but the question has to be talked about. Yeah. Mike Brown has come out and kind of heavily intimated that this this is like a prove it year for Dalton yeah I think he's yeah and um, you know the way the NFL is going these days the way to build a team up is to you know get yourself a rookie quarterback uh, on a rookie contract so that frees up loads yeah, of cap yeah, yeah. space yeah you know Dalton's at the end of his contract at the end of next season I think it is yeah so you know, there's a, they are at a bit of a crossroads with Dalton, and it's obviously up to Dalton whether whether he snatches that opportunity and has a really good year again. Obviously, there's lots of things that go into having a good year, whether the, the new scheme is going to suit him, whether the team is going to stay relatively injury-free. Yeah. You know, all that, you know, his key weapons like Eifert and Green and, yep. and Boyd stay injury-free. Um so there's lots of things that go into having a good year. But, you know, Twitter is rampant with rumour and speculation. Oh, we're going to take Haskins at 11. Mm. Oh, you know, what about Will Greer? What about Drew Locke? What about... And of course, and the interesting thing, I think, that the most interesting thing I think I took from the, 
the Bengals UK panel, apart from how um, almost bone-crushingly attractive the manageress of the pub was, was um, <laughs> um, was the fact that um, all three of them didn't like the quarterback class this year. Yeah, none of them thought Haskins was uh, all right. You know, Kyler Murray, yes, you know, he's going to be, he had the potential to be a real star. Drew Lott, nah, you know, yeah. Will Grimm, nah, you know, I, I, th- I think I agree with Sam, actually. I, I kind of quite like the look of Brett Rippon, but be interesting to see. Yeah, I've seen some of his videos on him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so what do you think, quarterback? I just think the Bengals are in that real weird sort of limbo phase where they're not win now and they're not blow it up now. And that's an awkward position to be in, especially to go and spend a first-round pick on a quarterback. Because you go and spend a first-round pick on a quarterback and you ain't winning now, but you've also not got the, the draft picks in the future or the caps by really to go and say, well, we were just completely tearing it up and going to give this young guy a chance. So I honestly don't think that the Bengals will take a quarterback in the draft. I don't... I actually, When the draft ever, all through the draft? But maybe a, a full fifth-round pick, maybe something there to give a bit of competition for the backup spot. I think there is a backup spot up for grabs. Definitely, yeah. I think Driscoll um, played okay at the end of last year, but I don't think... And, and with a very, very poor surrounding cast with injuries and everything else, with the greatest deal of respect. Dane, but, Dane Brugler from The Athletic has done a seven-round mock draft today. Dane Brugler. Yeah, I know, right. Um, he's given us Haskins at 11. Really? Which is why maybe some of the chat, that's where some of the chat is emanating Well, from, Zach Taylor's certainly been knocking around, hasn't he, at pro days? and He has, know. but, I mean, he's been photographed looking all sports casual, yeah, washing yeah. quarterbacks with his hands in his chinos and whatnot. Um, but he might, he, he's probably going to be, watch, he loves quarterbacks because he used to be quarterback, yeah, so yeah, you'd yeah, expect yeah, him to. Coach, yeah. And also, he probably just walked... Another ten paces, and I'd look at a defensive lineman. Yeah, same. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. don't know, do no, you? No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, all the noises come out saying seems to suggest that Zach Taylor loves Andy Dalton. Yeah. Um, Mike Brown loves Andy Dalton, but recognizes that this is a prove it year for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just what they do in the future, really. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I would, you know, I, two I, years I, a long time in football. Yeah, I wouldn't contract. be surprised if, if. If Dalton did have a good year and they gave him another contract, but it's not going to be as team friendly no. as this one. No deals ever are. So are they, the no. question is going to be: Do you do you kind of take on that cap hit for a guy that's kind of above average? Yeah. Or is it time to go with a new guy who's cheaper? You know. Yeah. I, I, I'm sort of edging towards the latter, I have to say. But it's tough at 11, but it's tough. though, isn't it? Who'd be then, a GM? Yeah, because then you're literally looking at it and you're saying, well, you've got Haskins, Locke, maybe Green. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I think next year might be a time to look at it. Give Zach Taylor, I mean, you know, that guy is not going to start this year. Whoever you draft this year at 11, I'd be stunned if he started this year. If you've got Haskins or Locke or Greer or anyone like that at 11... There's no way you start them day one. There's no way. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't pay Dortmund what you're paying him to sit on the bench as a backup. You, you would not be able really to trade him at this late date. Well, you never know. You could do. I'd be shocked. I, it's just not with the Bengals style. I don't think anyone's going to, you know, sell the Bengals enough draft picks or players or anything at this late stage in this, the year for Andy Dortmund. I just don't think it's going to happen. So, 
whatever happens, you're going to be sitting this guy for a year, which you're going to invest a first round pick in, which you bloody well need players. Well, you never know, not position. necessarily. I mean, you look at uh, the quarterbacks last year, Rosen and Allen and Darnold and Mayfield. Started, though, they? they did. Yeah, that's what I mean. But like, I'm saying that there wasn't anyone there, though, was there? You know, you look at those, no. there was not really. I mean, Andy Dalton. Whether we rate him as like an elite starter or not, he's a starter in his own right. He's sort of an established, been the starter there for a long but time. But you, you look at um, when Dalton came in, mm. um, you know, Mar- they, they fixed the scheme around him. Yeah. Gruden, you know, schemed up a very West Coast offense, yeah, 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 yeah. getting the ball out quickly, which is still Dalton's strengths. Yeah. And he had a pretty good rookie year. Yeah, yeah. So that that can happen again, you know. No, you're right. I mean, you look at what happened in Baltimore last year. You Sorry, look- where? Okay. <laughs> Where was that, Nathan? <laughs> in in the uh, in, at the Ravens last year with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco to me was far more at the end of his rope than oh, yeah. Andy Dalton is, and they took Lamar Jackson, sexy pick, and Flacco got injured. He he didn't get beaten out. He just took a few knocks, and they brought Jackson in, and then you know you win a few games, and you very, find it very difficult actually to take the guy back out and that's what took Flacco down mm. you know and I'm not saying that we would do the same I don't I don't think people you know Andy Dalton's a lot younger when he's been healthy he has played quite well and I just I don't know if to me if it's going to be anyone it'd be Haskins and the, the only reason that I think it's even plausible is because Zach Taylor has that background and I think whenever there's a new coach in town and they'll always be positive about the current guy but they will want their own baby and their own child to come in at quarterback, mould them, shape them, you know, get them to do what they want to do rather than try and teach an old dog new tricks. Well, tell us, listeners, what you think. I say we're going to be sort of doing our own little mock next week because it's uh, Nathan's last week before he goes off. Before, uh, or oh, sorry, it's Nathan's last week before he goes off to his honeymoon. There we um, go. So we're going to do a little mock. But tell us who you think. Do you want to see them draft a quarterback at 11? Who would you like to see at 11? Maybe you want them to trade down. Um, Do you want to see them address the linebacking position in the first round? Or are you happy to wait for a Blake Cashman or a Jermaine Pratton or uh, TJ Edwards lower down the road? I I think they will double. I I would like them to double dip on linebackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but do tell us. We, are, of course, are at Whoday underscore UK on Twitter and um, Bengals UK on Facebook. Um, now, I forgot to put out there uh, this week and ask anyone for questions or <laughs> shout outs until about five minutes before uh, the show went out. It's obviously been quite busy. So, But we do have... Uh, a couple of questions. Michael Fisher at Cosmic Sausage 77. Solid handle. Hello, Michael. As it's nearly summer and there's not much happening until the draft, here's a random question. That's, What's the best drink to have with a barbecue? Oh, oh, that's a good question, that is. All right, well, have a think about that because Michael Smith at Solid underscore handle. Solid handle. He's asked us two questions. The first one we've kind of answered Second one we most definitely haven't answered. If Devin White has gone and Haskins falls to 11, will Cincy pull the trigger on the OSU QB? No, no, if, no I don't think so. Well, they might, but I would hope that they went defence still. Yeah. Uh, Oliver, Burns, Bush. Mm. Um, 
Secondly, and how did Paul get on at WrestleMania? <laughs> how did you get on, son? I didn't actually catch it. Um, uh, what what is WrestleMania again? Oh, I hate that. wrestling. Really? Hate it. Where did you get that technique from for your Eddie Guerrero style? It's just style pure instinct. Mate, it's just, it's just, you can't teach it. The way that you got them up and you spun them in midair and flew them down, <laughs> it was unbelievable, that was. Seriously, what is WrestleMania? You know what WrestleMania it's is. A big, well, it's a wrestling It's like the thing, biggest right? wrestling event of the year. And is this the one that, that some dude, got, some fan got into the ring and had a go at one of the, the wrestlers? I don't know, maybe, I don't know. But Rick, Rick Flair. Is he like, no, is it is Rick Is he still Flair? going, Rick Flair? I don't know. Um, let me just Google it. You carry on. Tell me what... Um, so WrestleMania, like, it's quite an iconic event. It's been going on for years and years. I used Bret to watch Hart, it not Ric Flair. No, Bret Hart. Bret the Hitman Hart. L- legend attacked in ring during speech. Well, at the, genuinely? Yeah. Like an actual, or it weren't scripted? No, well, exactly. That's why I hate wrestling. It's just so yeah, but it's entertainment. Though. Soaps are, it's are not. scripted, aren't they? You yeah, that, that's them. very true. But, I, but it's always badged as a sport. It's not sport. Yeah, you can bet on it now, which is mad. Oh, really? Yeah, which is weird, isn't it? That shouldn't be allowed, surely. No, I know, but um, it's. Um, can we go back to that question about yeah, the barbecue? Sorry. That was a good question. That was. Yeah, I don't like wrestling, so carry on. I'm gonna say, see, do you know what I'm a big fan of? Right, big go fan on. of, and it don't get done enough in the UK. Go on, light beer, Ugh. and I know you get cause light and stuff, but and this is where people get all like, oh, it tastes like water. Oh, it tastes like water. Why was anyone <laughs> drinking it for? It tastes like piss. I tell you now, mate, I love Michelob Ultra, and they've started doing it in the UK. Do you know why I love it? Because you're in the day, yeah. middle of the day. I just went to the gym the other day, right? Yeah. You don't want a big heavy IPA the or gym. a Guinness. Or, no, but after, I went to, uh, for a beer after the gym, right? As you, you want, do, yeah. As you do. And I wanted oh, no, a light You went for a beer. beer after the gym? Yeah, I did, yeah. It's <laughs> good work. Um, but... You want a light little beer. like You don't want to be drunk in the middle of the day. If you're at a barbecue, you don't want to get hammered and have three pints. You just want a light little tipple. You a light little tipple? <laughs> you don't want some heavy IPA or even Peronis. You have three of them. You know about it. No, I... I, I a three percent, three and a half percent, like a bit lower on okay. the alcohol. It slips down nice and cold. It's nice, mate. They All don't right. like it. Yeah, we go for these Carlins and these bollocks. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Right, what are you saying to that? I'm going for caipirinha. Uh, what? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, you, the Brazilian cocktail. Give it to me. Yeah, it's a good shout. Yeah. Give I me like a that. little cheeky salsa, veggie burger, and a... Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. All right. I like something floral and minty and sugary. <laughs> Um, yeah, a bit like that cordial we've got. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, it's not really fruit. Well, fruity, sugary, yes. Not really yeah, minty. Not really minty, no. Although some mint would be quite nice. Isn't it? That could no. be the basis of a good cocktail, mate. Yeah, it could be. Slip a bit of rum in there and it's, it's banjo oh, yeah. all the way, isn't it? <laughs> we are back next week for the second of our draft spectacular. Extravaganza. Extravaganzas. Uh, uh, draft hoot nannies. Um, <laughs> and we'll be welcoming in Dave. Lapham, so uh, stand by for that one. In the meantime, um, I should mention our own draft weekend meetup on Saturday, 26th of April in Sheffield at the Red Deer pub from about five o'clock. Do come along, tell your friends, etc. etc. Um, do contact us on uh, at whoday underscore UK on Twitter and Bengals UK on Facebook. Uh, stand by uh, for the schedules. It's all happening this month. Drafts, schedules, meetups. 
it's an exciting month for us all here uh, at Bengals UK. But in the meantime, it is time for me to say it's a who day for me. And a who day for me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.